0: Hi, this is Steve Nerlick from Cheap Astronomy. www.cheapastronomy.com. <laughs> and this is Cheap Astronomy live in the northeastern USA. Firstly, it should be noted that I took off to the northeast of the USA not long after Cheap Astronomy's 5th birthday. That's five years of having never missed a week, and hey, here we are doing episode 189. For the record, Cheap Astronomy did actually operate in real time, up until episode 100 at the end of 2010. Only after that did the episode progression start going a bit weird. Anyway, it's been five years, and we've never missed a week. Not too shabby. So, I went to Washington, D.C. It's quite possible I saw the President, too. There were some motorcycles and a black limo. But I wasn't there to see Presidents. For example, I actually visited Arlington Cemetery, and because everyone else wandered off to see JFK's grave... I was quite alone before the monuments to the Challenger and Columbia astronauts, which are not really graves, since there were no bodies to bury. Don't get me wrong, though. I am sorry some nutter shot your president. Indeed, presidents. My Arlington excursion kind of made sense, since my next stop was, of course, the National Aerospace Museum. And if you're ever contemplating doing the same trip, be aware there are actually two aerospace museums. You have to go to the one in the National Mall to see the Apollo 11 Command Module and a whole bunch of other stuff. But if you can, you really should also go to the other site near Dallas Airport which is essentially an airport hangar full of historic planes and space vehicles. And it's this site that has the Discovery Orbiter. The airport hangar site is called the Stephen Udzer Hazy Centre, after the chap whose $66 million grant enabled the centre to open in 2006. The Americans, it must be said, aren't total slackers, when it comes to museums. The Udvar-Hazy Centre collection includes a Lockheed SR-71 Blackbird, very sexy, an Air France Concorde, yeah, kind of sexy, and some historical icons, like the B-29 Enola Gay. And Discovery? It certainly looks like it's seen some action, and it looks downright functional, its whole geometry clearly precision-designed to manage unpowered glided descent while also carrying massive launch engines and those orbital manoeuvring modules as well. It really is a space plane, and one that flew a lot over a respectable 27-year mission life. It flew the most missions of any shuttle orbiter, And it launched the Hubble Space Telescope. It was the third orbiter commissioned after Columbia and Challenger, and is hence now the oldest intact orbiter. It's not going to change your life to see Discovery, but I struggle to think how anyone could regret the trip if they made it, and afterwards you are kind of driven to go and research some more background material. For example, What are these doors? You don't miss much, do you? Yeah, there were these little doors. Two of them, which are the only other significant breaks in the orbiter's tiled heat shield, apart from the landing wheel bays. These are, of course, the umbilical doors, the connection points where backyard swimming pool per minute volumes of fuel flowed from the disposable main tank to fire the shuttle orbiter's launch engines. Once aloft, the tank was jettisoned and the doors were closed. So anyway, if you go to DC, you really should go to the Udvar-Hazy Centre, but if you go to DC, you would be nuts not to go to the main National Aerospace Museum in the National Mall. When you walk into the main museum, the Apollo 11 command module is right there near the entrance. You can take a selfie, tick your bucket list, and then go on to enjoy the rest of the museum. Again, it should be said that Americans are not slackers when it comes to museums. For example, you can't display the real Hubble Space Telescope, since it's still in space. So you'd think a scale model would be an informative way to highlight some of the key instruments and functions. But no, at the Smithsonian there's a full-scale model, which is freaking huge. And I kind of like that. Here's one of the great icons of humanity's scientific endeavours to date, and by the way, it's American, and by the way, it's freaking huge. So that was DC in a nutshell. Of course, if you do ever come here, and you've happened to have started a podcast about five years earlier, I recommend you announce your imminent arrival to your small but highly discerning audience. My generous host John introduced me to one of DC's finest bars, the Old Ebbett Grill, where we had seafood and beers while discussing the universe at large. If this tired old podcast deserved a five-year birthday party, I reckon that was it. Thanks, John. And then came the New York City leg of the trip. Astronomically speaking, New York's big-ticket items are the Hayden Planetarium, which is part of the awesome American Museum of Natural History, and the intrepid Air and Space Museum on the Hudson River. Intrepid is a decommissioned aircraft carrier standing off a pier in midtown Manhattan. Here you can walk through a submarine that's docked to the other side of the pier, climb up to the bridge above the flight deck and of course check out the Space Shuttle Orbiter prototype Enterprise which never went into space but it did glide to Earth with no engines from off the top of a modified 747, and it did this five times. For the record, that was three with the tail cone on, and twice with it off, in order to check that the profile of some mocked-up engines attached at the rear wouldn't significantly affect its flight performance, which they didn't. I have to admit to an inordinate fondness for Enterprise because I did an early podcast on it, Cheap Astronomy Episode 8. Again, it's very unlikely that seeing it is going to change your life any more than seeing Discovery would, and if you had to make a choice, you should go and see Discovery. But if you have the time, I doubt very much you'd regret an afternoon on The Intrepid. And Hayden Planetarium my limited US travel experience inevitably led me to compare it with the Griffith Observatory in LA. And I'd have to say Griffith seems the better public outreach museum. Hayden's museum components had an interesting focus on cosmology, but this bordered on the esoteric at times, and most of the hands-on stuff was less than engaging. When I went into the actual planetarium to see a show, Dark Universe, it was really just IMAX on the ceiling, never really using a display of the observable night sky to any effect, which is what traditional planetariums are usually all about. The show itself mostly confirmed my view that you can't reasonably expect to hold the general public's interest with the fact that we continue not to know what 95% of the universe is. This may be why most visitors to the American Natural History Museum go straight to the fourth floor and check out the dinosaurs. It may also be why I spent most of my time in the geological science galleries checking out meteors and moon rocks. Did you know that the Apollo astronauts collected four types of moon rocks? 1. Anorthosite is the original crust of the moon, and is still what most of the moon's surface is made of. 2. Lunar basalt comes from magma upwelling from deep under the surface after gigantic, crust-penetrating meteor impacts. 3. Breccia is another type of rock, though really just an orthosite or basalt, that's been shocked. That is, been impacted by a large meteor. Much the same rock can be found around impact sites on Earth. 4. The Lunar Regolith, which is composed of particles of all of the above rocks, as well as these interesting round glass particles which are the solidified spray of ancient lava fountains. And okay, I admit I checked out the dinosaurs, which are awesome. Thanks for listening. This is Steve Nellick from Cheap Astronomy, www.cheapastro.com Cheap Astronomy offers an educational website with a bucket list of science museums. No ads. No profit, just good science. Bye! A quick postscript. On my last night in New York City, I went back to the Hayden Planetarium and attended an evening science talk, well after the museum had closed. This was a presentation held in the planetarium where a human operator used digital universe software to do a real planetarium show. And it was fabulous. And a lot cheaper than the main show in the daytime.